Yo, yo. Yes, sir. Oh. All right. All right. Man. All right. Well, I'm your host. Cubby Sue, back with my co-host. How are you doing, man? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Um, better than yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. We said we were gonna uh, drop another episode yesterday, but uh, but uh, obviously, and this is gonna relate to the first thing we're gonna talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> something happened on a Friday evening that made us happen. On Saturday, so we decided to uh, drop the episode today instead. But uh, the word is, let's talk the, about the it. The word is depressed. <laughs> so, the, ref- the event that we were referencing is that uh, on Friday night, the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Grizzlies into 112 uh, in the second round of the playing tournament. Which means that the Grizzlies seat to face off against Utah Jazz. Okay. While the Golden State Warriors after gaining into five straight finals, will be eliminated playoffs for the consecutive year. Calvin, let's start with you. What is your reaction? And more importantly, how are you feeling, bro? Well, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to both of those questions. But, um, uh, just, okay, I, I had enough time to process this, but, um, yeah, the Warriors, Warriors lost. <laughs> the Grizzlies won. I don't like. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. In terms of just like an NBA game, I couldn't have asked for like a better game, because on like honestly, I can't deny the fact that like it was a pretty like pretty fun to watch, and like I remember when I, I was watching it at the dinner table, right? I was just like. Every, like I was watching it throughout the entire time with my family, right? And then like um I ended up watching it all the way to the end of the game. So like everyone at my at the table just left and like an hour later I'm still there just like glued to my freaking uh iPad. <laughs> but um man it was it was it was pretty it was pretty heartbreaking, but um it was fun to watch towards the end. I'm not going to lie. And then OT. OT, we probably could have played a little better. And um, overall, though, the entire game, we played probably as well as we could have, considering, like, how undermanned we were and, like, how um, just how how the whole, like, situation and circumstances are. With that being said, though, like, again, just like the last game against the Lakers, a bunch of turnovers, a crap ton of turnovers, man. And yeah, um, despite, okay, all right, not, not, okay, not as bad as, actually, I, I yeah, it's honestly kind of, I take that back. It's kind of worse than last game, like, in considering the turnovers. 
especially like the ones Steph had like towards the end of the game, those really hurt us. But um, and then not to mention, you know, Draymond was literally looking to pass towards the end of the game with like four seconds left. Four seconds left, clear drive to the basket. And I heard like he saw three rims and he aimed for the left one. <laughs> okay. So, oh, but but Draymond, Draymond really, uh, he bounced back a lot better. Uh, he bounced back from last game because he played a lot. He lot he played a lot better than last game because of his points. All right, so he was a lot more aggressive. Ended with the triple double. All right, mm-hmm. so did did basically what we needed him to do, except for the last play of the um regulation but we'll we'll, uh we'll look over that all right um 11.16 rebounds 10 assists pretty solid all right curry of course 39 points four rebounds five assists on 13 of 28 shooting and that's like what slightly under 50 percent jordan pool jordan pool i was actually like dude i feel like jordan pool gains my trust with every single game that he plays but he because he's turning out to be like a really reliable just shooter and even in like crunch time right because you saw like you know right before the warriors lost in overtime we were down by i think like five with mm-hmm. like um uh, probably just like a few seconds left right and then he hits a corner three all of a sudden like because before that i was like oh it's over. Like I'm already like trying to, you know, console myself, right? Hits a corner three. I, I immediately jump from my seat. I'm like, oh, oh, this is happening. But um obviously it didn't, you know, miraculously end the way I wanted it to. But nonetheless, Jordan Poole played 38 minutes. That's like that's pretty insane. Like for um uh, for their bench. In total. 38 minutes for pool, 32 for JTA. JTA got four, seven, and four, which is all right, except for the fact that he got four turnovers. Right. Um, yeah, nonetheless, I credit I credit Memphis with this. They really like came out and balled. <sighs> Dylan Brooks, man. Dylan Brooks. It it just seemed like it seemed like they made shots right when like at the worst possible time right because <laughs> like every time we would you know sort of gain some kind of momentum back all of a sudden jaw hits his like leaning to the left floater right or somehow dylan brooks hits some kind of mid-range jumper or like okay kyle anderson <sighs> i don't know why but like I just don't like Kyle Anderson. <laughs> mainly mainly because of the fact that like dude just lowest every time Yeah. <laughs> every time he uh like we didn't need like we needed them to miss, he made a shot. And to me I was just like that was just terrible. But he uh he ended with like nine points, ten rebounds, six assists. Along with a whopping forehead, but um, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. But uh, 
yeah, that's that's all I gotta say about Memphis, man. They played one hell of a game. And uh yeah, John Moran, 35 points, 14 of 29, five of ten for threes, which I like I didn't even know he shot like that, man. Jeez. Um yeah, that's that's all I wanna say. <laughs> all right. Let me let me uh let me say something real quick to agree with you. I know a lot of people who knows me personally knows that I'm a huge Kobe fan and that I'm a huge LeBron fan. But not a lot of people know that I'm a huge Steph Curry fan as well. I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. I love Steph Curry. Um, he's very entertaining. Shoots like no one has ever shoot before. And it, as an NBA fan, okay, a fan of basketball, I want to see Steph Curry in the playoffs. It's as simple as that, right? Like, even if they get swept in the first round and go home, I want to see Steph Curry in the playoffs, right? That being said, that being said, there's three reasons why the Warriors lost and the Grizzlies won. One. Number one, the biggest reason why, biggest, but biggest reason why, and it's exactly like I predicted um, in our last episode. Remember, we're talking about this, right? Making predictions, right? Grizzlies or Warriors. You said Warriors right away. I was like, "Ah, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. And you were like, don't you say it. Don't you say it. (laughs) And I was like, ah. And then last minute, I jumped to Warriors because they had Steph Curry. But remember what I said? I said, it's all going to come down to Draymond making the right play at the end of game. And one of the biggest reasons why the Warriors lost is because of Backpack Green. He <laughs> can't oh, shoot. Man. He can't shoot. How many floaters did he miss on Friday night? Hey, all right. He made, he made that one three in OT, though. But he was a hundred percent from three that day. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. The only, the one game where I liked out was 2016 NBA final game seven, when he makes like what seven threes that game. From that game on, I have never seen a night where Draymond Green can shoot. <laughs> he can't shoot. And when when Steph gets double teamed, when he tries to do the dribble handoff thing and Steph gets double teamed. They will leave Draymond Green open. They will leave Backpack Green open. And he's going to drive. Yes, and I agree with you. When he was driving on that final play, he was actually, I agree with you, he was looking for someone to pass it to, even though he had a wide open lane to the basket. And that's why last minute he just threw it up and he shot for the rim on the left. Yep, he saw three rims and shot it for the one on the left. <laughs> but that's the that's first biggest reason why the Warriors lost. The second biggest reason why the five G, the five J's, and the B, the five J's and the B, the Memphis have five J's and the B, and the Warriors do not have Kelly Oubre. Now you probably did not expect me to say that. Now here's the thing: even if Kelly Oubre played against the Lakers, I don't think that would have mattered. Because Kelly Oubre would not have been able to stop LeBron or AD. 
But if Kelly Oubre has played against Memphis, he could have at least guarded John Morant better and not have let John Morant drop 34 points. John Morant is special. Now, I know a lot of people compare him to Westbrook, but I personally think he's closer to D-Rose. You know, just the way, you know, how skinny he is, how fast he is, and the way he, um, the way he tries to dunk on it, Westbrook. But the way, you know, his floater game, um, his mid-range jumper, the way he kind of, his shot is a little bit slow, right? It all reminds me of D-Rose. And that last, the, the, you know, game on the line, Memphis gave it to the franchise player, right? And he delivered with the game winner, right? But it's not just him, right? JV, JJJ, and Dylan Brooks, right? And Warriors did not have Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, I believe Kelly Oubre would have at least helped to slow down John Morant. And the craziest thing is, the thing that really got Memphis over the top were not even the five J's and the B. It was freaking back-to-back threes from Grayson Allen, oh, yeah. right, in OT, right? Um, so, um, is really, really young team. They have really good potential surrounding five J's in the B. I think they will have a bright future. But the biggest reason why the Warriors lost last night, I told Zach Bayless Leung, that he did not want to see the Lakers. You don't want to see the Lakers. He's like, he's all like, we want to see you guys. We want to see you guys. Here's the reason why you didn't want to see the Lakers. You better hope you win. Because if you don't win, not only did you lose and you have to play another game, our defense beat the hell out of you guys. You guys are tired. You know what the Warriors team look like? They look tired Friday night. Memphis, they're also tired, but they look like they wanted the game more. That's actually my conclusion. They look more energetic, and they wanted the game more. And as the Lakers beat the Warriors. And Warriors, great season. You know, would I think that they would have made it to the playoffs? I think, you know, with a healthy Steph Curry, they definitely have a chance. But, you know, being made it, making it this far and Curry having an MVP season, it was definitely a great season. You know, next year when Clay comes back, when Wiseman comes back, you know, and they have a chance to get a lottery pick. So, you know, I think the Warriors will come back strong. Um, maybe uh, that will put a smile on your face <laughs> again. But, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, but great season. But Memphis got something special down there. If I could add like one more thing though that I kind of forgot to mention was I um I kind of looked over how well Andrew Wiggins actually played because like okay while I was watching the game it seemed like he was missing everything mm-hmm. or like every um every shot that we needed him to make obviously we needed him to make every single shot but like the, the ones that were, like, really, really crucial, like, the wide-open threes, mm-hmm. you know, especially, like, like it's not it's not just him. Like, also, you know, like, 
Kent Bazemore, the rest of those guys. Like, we needed someone else to, you know, put the ball in the basket other than Steph Curry. But I forgot that Wiggins got – Wiggins ended the game with 22 points, which is, like, pretty solid considering he's technically the third option, right? I, I saw he got a lot of put-back, like, layups. You know what I mean? He like he did a lot of work inside the paint, which I really um I kind of took for granted. But uh, yeah, Wiggins Wiggins played pretty well. Um two turnovers. I like sorry, but um he also got two blocks, which I actually uh I kind of forgot about. I forgot who they were on, but um yeah, Wiggins played pretty well. Memphis one hell of a team. I mean, um, especially with John Morant, like surrounding John Morant with like the right the right pieces. Grayson Allen, freaking Grayson Allen, man, four, and four <laughs> or five from threes. <sighs> yeah, Grayson Allen, like JV played pretty well too. A lot of times, I don't think like we had an answer for JV, especially when he was just he he pretty much had his way in the paint for the majority yeah. of the game. Um. Dylan Brooks played lockdown, lockdown, lockdown defense. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that's that's my final thoughts on it. Let's let's please let's move on. <laughs> All right. So moving on, on. Um, the NBA playoffs is here. It's here. Uh, Saturday morning, first game of the NBA playoffs, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Miami Heat. In a very close game in OT, 109 to 107, and I'll get started on this game, and uh, we'll we'll also we'll react to the game, but we'll also make series prediction. Let me let me just put out like a quick disclaimer though, like so uh-huh. on Saturday I actually I was I was busy, so I actually oh, didn't yeah? get to watch uh, any of these games other than like a few highlights I saw on like Instagram, but um. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably just like, I'll just go over the stats and all that, and I'll let you uh, talk about the game. Yep, no problem. But uh, man, I think uh, here's the thing for me, me about the Bucks last year. You know, everyone's laughing about Giannis. You know, uh, got took out by uh, Toronto in uh, 2019. You know, they built a wall around him, couldn't break through, and then last year. Took out by Miami. Um, this year's Bucks is different. They are different. Okay. And later, I'm gonna make a hot take. I am going to make a lot of hot takes today. But um, obviously, uh, Bucks special. Um, you know, uh, the Heat is still for real. I think the Heat. Um, the only thing that hurt the Heat was losing Oladipo. That really hurt them. If they had Oladipo, that team was very, very deep. You know, you got Goran uh, Dragic, you got Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, um, Bam Abadayo, and then you still have Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson off the bench. But not having Oladipo, Heat. Um, but having said that, you know, Jimmy Bucket still made that game, uh, made that shot to send the game to OT. Uh, and then Obviously, um, Middleton hit the game winner. But I think the MVP of the game is 
Drew Holiday. You can see for the Bucks that the Bucks this year is different from the Bucks from two previous two years because now Drew Holiday is the playmaker. Giannis is the scorer and um, Middleton is the closer. And all three of these guys can guard pretty elitely. Okay. So in my opinion, this Bucks team is very, very deep. This series will be a fun series. I think I got Bucks in six. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um again, I didn't watch this game, but I, I was like checking the score throughout the day. And what was really nice, which I kind of regret not seeing, is like it also went to OT, and apparently it was like a pretty close, pretty close game, right? I'm just, uh, but like what surprises me is that like Gordon Drogic didn't start that game, but he ended with like 25 points. They started Kendrick Nunn. Like what? But um, yeah, Duncan Robinson, 24 points, seven of 13 on threes. Right. Um yeah, Jimmy did his thing, Bam did his thing, but um I think I think the main thing that kind of kept my that, that's like keeping Miami afloat two things, right? A Jimmy Butler, right? As long as Jimmy Butler is playing the way he's been playing, you know, playing with like a lot of heart, not giving up. I love I'm like a I'm a big fan of his mentality when it comes to just you know approaching the game and like kind of just taking matters into his own hands. And the second thing would be just their shooting, right? Like I said, Duncan Robinson ended the game with 24 points, seven of 13 field goals, seven of 13 on threes. That means he only shot threes throughout the entire game. That's his role, right? Mm-hmm. So he and he actually started. He actually started, and I think I think that was like a big uh, that was a big move on the on the Heat because I feel like that kind of got him going, and that's what um, got them that far. Obviously, didn't end the game that they want like the way they wanted to, but um, in terms of you know who's winning the series though, I'll probably have to go with the Bucks just because. Um, you know they're obviously like you said they're a different team from last year, right? The Bucks, the Bucks, the same Bucks as last year. You know you got Giannis, you got Chris Middleton, you know those guys. They're still playing the same type of you know like All Star level basketball, right? The biggest difference, like you said, is Drew Holiday, and I'll even add PJ Tucker, even though he didn't you know he didn't really make that big of an impact last game. But Drew Holiday, not only as, like, you know, your probably, what, third third option scorer, he's also, their, I would say, their best defender, right? On anyone. Pro, like, or, yeah, I would even say on anyone. Right? Ended the game with three steals and nine of 18 field goals. So he's, he's playing, like, basically what they brought him in to do. You know, replacing Eric Bledsoe with pretty much a lockdown defender and a floor general. So, I'm going to have to go Milwaukee. How many games? 
how many games. It's going to be tough because the Heat are also pretty tough, but I want to see a seven-game series. Bucks Based off of like how close the first game was, I'll, I want to see a seven-game series. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> I enjoyed this one. Uh, also on Saturday, Dallas Mavericks beat the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, sorry, Clippers, uh, <laughs> one thirteen to one oh three. What's your reaction? Obviously, I don't think anyone kind of. I don't think anyone really saw this coming, and like the doing it in the fashion that they did it. They beat the Clippers pretty much every single quarter, right? Actually, in fact, they literally beat them every single quarter because they outscored them every single quarter. Not by much, but it showed at the end of the game. So let me just uh, let me just read you the stats real quick. All right, Luka Doncic, 31 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. This guy is playing in his what? His third year third of basketball. Year. <laughs> his third year of basketball, and he's already putting like his team on his back as a fifth seed with like these numbers. You know what I mean? So um yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh Christoph Porzingis, 14, 4, and 1. Um that, those, those are probably like the only few or um yeah i would say those are the only ones that are kind of relevant and then on the other side you got Kawhi, 26 10 and 5 paul george pandemic p 23 <laughs> 6 and 5 even though he hasn't been playing as bad as he was um in the bubble uh he played he played a pretty solid game all right then um yeah, I guess the only thing that I really remember from this was not so favoring the Mavericks. You probably know what I'm I'm getting oh. at. But uh I saw this one post uh, pretty much on every single basketball Instagram page of just Kawhi, no emotion, dunking on Maxi Kleber. Woo! Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Dude, the the way the way like Paul George and I think it was what? Uh Marcus Morris, they kind of just, you know, flexing on <laughs> on uh on Kleber was kind of not not only rude but like kind of intimidating. No, <laughs> the funny. way they kind of just meme mugged at him, right? That's so funny. funny. It's funny cuz yeah. Marcus Morris Marcus Morris senior screamed at him and like He's not even the one who dunked on him. The one who dunked yeah. on him, Kawhi Leonard, was just walking away. Probably yeah, he's, just still, he's still walking away. And then you see, like, Paul George and uh, Marcus Morris just flexing on him. I'm just like, bro. <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless, that was crazy, crazy dunk. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. That's, that's, that's my only uh, impression of that. For serious. Uh, it's kind of hard. Okay, I want Dallas. I want Dallas to win this series. But you, you know what I'm going to say. 
I have, but I have to go with the Clippers just yeah. because, you know, this is what one quote unquote bad game. And it wasn't even a bad game either. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just Dallas played a better game for game one. But I, I don't think, I don't think this is going to last the entire uh, series. Just knowing that like a, okay. Um, I wouldn't say they're not as deep as last year, obviously, because they're like they have a way better record as last year than last year. But I don't think it's enough to take down the Clippers. So okay. Clippers and I'll go seven. I'll go Clippers and seven. Clippers and seven, yeah. All right, Calvin, are you ready for the first hot take of today? <laughs> go ahead. I got the. Los Angeles Clippers first round exit this Ooh. year. All right. All right. I got the Dallas Mavericks in six or seven. Are you ready for this? I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. I don't know what everyone's probably gonna listen to this this thinking. This guy's nuts. Let me tell you this. The Los Angeles Clippers will have a first round exit this year because they try to tank and avoid the Lakers and they bump into the Mavericks instead. Let me tell you this. The Mavericks are the exact team built to beat the Clippers. The Clippers built their team to beat LeBron, right? Obviously, you know, when you get Kawhi Leonard and when you get Paul George, you obviously know what they're trying to build that team to beat. They're trying to beat LeBron, right? Because, you know, Kawhi is, quote, unquote, the LeBron stopper, and Paul George is a 3-and-D player, right? And then you got Patrick Beverly, and this year they even upgraded, right? Um, they got Nicholas Batum, Luke Kennard, uh, you know, Zubak is getting better, and they got Serge Ibaka, right? And, you know, they got Rondo. Let me tell you this. They won't even see the Lakers because they're going to go out the first round this year. And here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Because not a single man on that team, however elite defensively they are, not a single man on that Los Angeles Clippers team can guard Luka Doncic. We saw this last season. Luka Doncic by himself, okay, because Chris Porzingis was injured. Luka Dantich by himself took the Clippers to six games, hit a game winner. And now he's got Chris Dapp. And this team right here, this team is actually a lot better than you think. Their closing lineup, especially. You got Luka Dantich, who is a 6'7 point guard. You got Tim Hardaway Jr., who's a 3 and D player. You got Mess Maxi Kleba, right? Who you know got dunked on, but he's also a three and D player. Okay, he's actually pretty good. You got Finney Smith, another three and D player, and then you got Kristaps Porzingis. That whole team right there is built to stop the Clippers because they can all shoot. Everyone on that on the floor can shoot. Everyone on the floor can defend. And when you got Luka Doncic running that team, 
for some reason, I don't know why, Kawhi is supposed to be one of the best defensive players in the world, right? He cannot stop Luka. The same last playoffs is the same this playoff. And that's that's the reason why I think Luka is right now a top 10 player in the world. Like, he, for some reason, right? You know, he's actually a terrible three-point shooter. If you look at the number, he's actually a terrible free throw shooter. He shoots 71% from the free throw line. But when it's playoff time, when it's against the best of the best, he turns it up, right? And no one can guard him. No one can guard that step back three. And I'm telling you all this right now. Marcus Morris Sr., you scream, right? You call you call Luca a, a B-word, A-word white boy, right? Last playoff, right? <laughs> yeah. You're going to get... You're going to get kicked out by Luka Dantich. I got the Dallas Mavericks. Should I say six? I really, I'm really tempted to oh say six. But, all right, I got the Mavericks in seven. I got the Mavericks in seven. Mavs in seven? Flippers, they're going to have a first-round exit. Mark my work. Unless, unless, of course, if Porzingis gets injured. Or provided, if everyone is healthy, Mavericks in seven. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Oh, back-to-back hot back take. Back-to-back hot take. All right, also on uh, on Saturday, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, beat the Boston Celtics 104-93. to This is the first time the big three has played together um, in the playoffs game. Did not disappoint. Um, I'll, I'll get started, and then I'll make a, the series prediction. But I'll also make an even bigger hot take that's beyond the series. <clears throat> All right, so the Celtics, they play actually really, really well. Okay, The first half, they defended the Nets to 1 of 12 shooting from the three-point point. Okay, while they themselves were hot. Okay, and um, they play as well as they can. Okay, honestly, there's a lot of lucky possessions on the Celtics' parts in the first half because there are a lot of times where Katie had a wide-open shot from the three or Kyrie had a pretty decent look from the mid-range and they didn't, they just didn't make it, okay? But the Celtics doubled it down in the first half. They actually led by double digits um, during moments in the first half. But obviously, the thing about the Nets is that they don't even need to play defense. Because their offense is so elite, okay? Once KD catches fire, there's no stopping them, okay? And when you got three guys who can score anywhere from the court, that's the problem, right? And you and you have still have a Joe Harris and a Blake Griffin, right? So that's mm-hmm. why the Nets are so hard to stop. The Celtics, obviously, they tried their best, couldn't make it this game. But let me tell you this. The reason why the Celtics lost uh, last night was because Tatum didn't have a good game. I know Jason Tatum is going to have at least one good game in this series. So for the series prediction, I got Nets in five. But if Tatum has two good games, Nets in six. Like, I, don't think, <laughs> okay. I don't think Tatum will have four good games to you know beat the Nets. But Nets in five. For now, but here's an even bigger hot take for you today. My second hot take for today. Even hotter. 
even hotter. Are you ready for this? No, but go ahead. <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets will not make it to the NBA Finals this season. <laughs> will not. I repeat, just in case if you heard it wrong, the Brooklyn Nets will not make it to the NBA Finals this season. And here's the reason why. Because I saw the way Milwaukee played and because I saw the way Sixers played. If the Nets beat the Celtics this series, which I expect them to, they're expected to face the Bucks, provided that they beat the Heat. Um, even if the Bucks do not beat the Heat, they will probably see the Sixers in the conference final. And I'm going to tell you this right now. The Nets will not beat both the Sixers and the Bucks. That Bucks team that I saw, they're built to stop the Nets. Just think about how deep that team is. You got Drew Holiday, who can stop Kyrie. Okay? He can slow down Kyrie. He's got great strength. He's uh, got great size, great speed, you know, and he can score on his own. Maybe not at Kyrie's level, but he can score. He can play make. You got Chris Middleton, who's a better scorer than he is a defender. But you can still throw bodies at him, right, at anyone. And then you got Giannis Antetokounmpo, reigning defensive player of the year. Who can guard Kyrie Harden or KD? And he's seven feet tall. He can actually guard KD. And then you still got Brooke Lopez, who is a bomber from three-point line, but also an excellent protector at the rim. And then you got P.J. Tucker, who's a tough defender, who's a corner three master, right? And then you still got DiVincenzo, who's a good shooter and also a good defender at the perimeter. I think the Bucks, just what from what I saw, um, from what I saw in their two matchups against the Nets in the regular season, how they beat them back-to-back games, right? I think the Bucks will beat the Nets. But let's say if the Bucks do not beat the Nets, they will still take them seven games. Okay? And then the next series, you have to play the Sixers after playing seven games against the Bucks. You're already tired. You got beat up by the P.J. Tuckers of the world and the Drew Holidays of the world. Now you have to play the Sixers, who's got Ben Simmons, who can also, Ben Simmons and Giannis are the only two guys in the NBA probably right now who can guard Kyrie, Katie, and Harden. Okay, because Simmons is 6'10 and can move like a guard. He can stop Kyrie. He's got the size to stop Harden, and he's got the height to stop Katie. And then you got Joel Embiid, whom the Nets have no answer for. Right? And then you still got Tobias Harris, who's an elite scorer. Right? Maybe not on Katie, Harden, Kyrie level, but close to that, right? And then you got three-point shooters like Seth Curry, elite shooter. And then Danny Red, for some reason, you know, he doesn't shoot like this when he plays for the Lakers, but he's, he's making big buckets. And then you got Dwight Howard off the bench, toughness, physicality. If the Nets, I don't, first of all, I don't think the Nets will beat the Bucks. But even if they do, it will take seven games. And by the time they see the Sixers in the conference final, they will lose. The Nets will not make it to the NBA Finals.
I'm I'm just gonna pretend you didn't say that. Uh, for before I before I address what you just said, yeah. Uh, um, let's let's just talk about how how the first game went. So obviously, this is the first time we ever seen the Brooklyn's big three all healthy and playing in the in their first playoff game together, right? Which the, by the by the look of the way they played, all right. KD 32 12 and 1 on 10 of 25, okay? Kyrie 29 6 on 11 of 20. James Harden 29 uh, 21 9 and 8 on 5 of 13. The the Nets ended the game with 104 points. KD Kyrie and Harden combined for 82. Is that 82? Is that 50? Yeah, 82 of those 104 points. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, on the other side, uh, Jason Tatum obviously didn't have the same type of game that he had uh, in, the, in the play-in game, right? Scored 22 points, which is still not bad, right? That's 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 still pretty good numbers. But on 6 of 20 shooting, Kemba, same kind of deal, 15 points on 5 of 16, but, but three threes, right? And then, um, yeah, everyone else, pretty mediocre, right? It was a pretty mediocre game for the Boston Celtics. I agree with you. We're... The only way I can see Boston taking any game is if Tatum has a good game. That's that's all it really comes down to. And if Tatum, like like you said, they will win as many games as Tatum plays well, right? And my guess is that I will also say probably he'll probably play one good game. Yeah, I, I agree. Like Nets, Nets most likely in five games. So you're taking back the broom? Huh? <laughs> uh, hey, you had a guarantee on the broom last episode. I honestly kind of forgot I said that, but you know what? I'm doubling down on that. Tatum will have no good games. <laughs> Tatum, Tatum will have no good games. Nets in four. Nets in four. Nets in four. Yep. Guarantee? Guarantee? Let me, see, let me see, let me just let me see nice and close. I don't I don't have a button, but uh I'll just slam my desk. Woo! <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets will sweep the Boston Celtics. Guarantee. For this for the sake, yeah. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. <laughs> Uh, having said all of that, though, you really think the Nets aren't making the NBA Finals? It's crazy to me how, like, you can already come up with this hot take from just from seeing one game, one game, one playoff game where KD, Kyrie, and Harden are playing. I don't think you understand how good, like, first of all, individually how good they are, right? Skill-wise, talent-wise, 
the way they like just handle the game. I don't think you realize that like they have two MVPs on their team. They have Kevin Durant. You seriously? Okay, okay. I don't think I don't think Giannis will be able to stop KD in a seven game series. That's just that's just how that's just the way it is. Okay. Sure, there Giannis could probably have like one game at most. I'll give him one game where he plays well against KD. Other than that, scoring wise, Nets are obviously better. Right? Defense wise, ah uh, no no no. All right, if you guys if you guys you guys can't really see this, but like, Hannon's Hannon Hannon's making a really weird face. But I don't think, no no no. Offensively, scoring wise, no. The Bucks are not better in any way, in any way better than the Nets. Right, that's one. Right. And then in terms of what you said about just this series, the, the, the Nets only really have to worry about defense. And they clearly took care of that against Jason Tatum. I feel like, okay, even though Jason Tatum might have had more of a bad game than the Nets played well on D, the Nets still held their ground, right? But like I said, it's only one game. You're basing your entire higher take for the rest of the, the playoffs right on one game I'll I'll give you an update on this uh, on this take after the series right after the Nets Celtics series and then we can talk all right uh, let how's me that, how's that sound how's that sound let me respond to this real quick before we move on okay since you made your guarantee, are you ready for this? <laughs> no, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. The Brooklyn Nets will <laughs> not make it to the NBA Finals. Guaranteed. And let me just say the reason why. Um, what what something you just said actually made my point. You said out of 104 points that the Brooklyn Nets score last night, 84 of them came from uh, the big three, right? 82, yeah. 82, 82. Okay, 82 out of 104. That is precisely the reason why the Nets will not beat both the Bucks and the Sixers. Okay, here's the reason why. Against the Celtics, you can probably win a series by just having having a big three that have superior talent. Because, you know, well, what do the Celtics have? Tatum, maybe that's comparable, right, to any of those three players. Kemba, that's kind of like a stretch. You know, Kemba, he's not really, you know, a big two, right, with Tatum. And then there's no third player even close to that, right? Marcus Smart, hell no, right? You wouldn't say Smart, Kemba, Tatum is a big three. But when you go against comparable talent, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis, that's at least comparable. Maybe it's not superior, but it's at least comparable. 
right? Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, that's at least comparable. And here's the difference. That's that I think is the reason why the Nets will lose to either the Bucks or the Sixers. It's precisely because they only play eight games together. KD, Kyrie, and Nets. Well, nine games now, right? Along with that playoff game. All they know how to do is get the big three, score most of the points. That's how they're going to win the game. Okay? But the Bucks and the Sixers, not only do they have comparable talent, they also have better chemistry. They actually know how to run more offenses, not just through the big three. Both of those teams each have a big three. Maybe not as talented as the Nets' big three, but they're actually more two-way. They're more well-rounded. Their big three can play two ways, right? Their big three can playmake, right? Not saying, of course, obviously, Harden's the, the best playmaker in the East right now, but they can at least playmake somehow, right? They each got a closer. Tobias Harris is a closer. Drew Holiday is a closer. Chris Middleton is a closer. And the only way you can stop Giannis Antetokounmpo from the rim is if you build a wall in the paint. The Nets can build a wall with no one. Who are they going to build a wall with? Claxon? An old wash of DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> right? And the only way you can stop Joel Embiid from the rim is if you pray. Right? <laughs> and obviously, what? You're going to expect Claxon and DeAndre Jordan from stopping Joel freaking Embiid from eating whatever he wants? No. Guarantee Nets will not make it to the finals. <laughs> Any, anything to respond? <laughs> All I gotta say is that, like, okay, to your point about you know the Bucks big three being a closer, I think you also forget that like any three of KD, Kyrie, and James Harden can easily take. Like take over a game. Kyrie probably not so much, but KD and James Harden when they're hot, when they get their rhythm going, when they like, when they start hitting shots consecutively, consistently. Just think about, it. think how hard it is to stop that. All right, I'll leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, we'll we'll okay. wait we'll, we'll wait until the end of the series and then we can continue this conversation. Yeah, we can come back to that. All right. Um, obviously, last game of last night, which is uh, uh, the Portland Trailblazers beat the Denver Nuggets one twenty three to one hundred nine. Um, that I think. Um, well, first of all, what's your reaction, dude? Dame, Dame came to ball. Oh my goodness, dude. Damian Lillard, 34 points, all right? 13 assists on 10 of 25, 5 of 12 from threes. But that's not, that's not it, though. Carmelo freaking Anthony. Oh, my goodness. This guy came to play. Or maybe I should rephrase that. He didn't come to play, all right? He was at work. Oh, my goodness. 18 points, 6 of 12 from field goals, 4 of 8 from threes. All right. 
Melo, obviously not the same kind of player he used to be, but he is fulfilling his role to, like, the best that anyone could. Right? Trailblazers. Can I give my take now? Like, all right, all right. Trailblazers. I think the Trailblazers are actually going to take the series. Oh, wow. I think so. I really, really think so. Even though this is kind of like, you know, it goes against what I said at first. <laughs> but uh, based on this first game, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, have, I have pretty high hopes. I have pretty high hopes because Damian Lillard is obviously going to like, he's going to take over. Oh, he's going to give you at least, he. I'll say he'll he'll give you at least twenty five to thirty points every single game, and that in itself, plus the fact that you know Denver is kind of undermanned considering that they don't have um, Jamal Murray, right? I think um, the loss of Jamal Murray kind of had a big hit on them, and obviously because of that, you know they haven't been playing well. On the flip side, though. Michael Porter Jr. has been playing so well this season, mm-hmm. right? Even like even compared to last season, like in the bubble, dude. Last season in the bubble, Michael Porter Jr. was my favorite player. All right, just by like the the way he played, you know, he didn't really lose confidence. Like I like the fact that you know he was missing shots, wasn't doing so well, but he still kept playing. Mm-hmm. Right, this season. After putting all that work in the offseason, putting all that work in the bubble, this season is is definitely played up. And we'll talk more about him later, right? Mm-hmm. But Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, same thing, 34 points, 16 rebounds. Right? And, you also, and you had like three threes with that. But with that being said, though, I don't think that's enough to stop Portland, especially with Dame. CJ McCollum, I didn't even mention him, right? He still got, he's still pretty solid. 21 points, 8 of 20, three threes. All right. I think Portland's going to run away with this. Obviously, not. Um, it's not going to be easy. So I'm going to say Portland. I'll say Portland in six, dude. Portland in six. Portland in six, yeah. All right. Um, this is actually one of the hardest series. I, could, I couldn't decide, you know, which one to pick. Um, but watching last night's game, uh, obviously, Denver is hot. Um, Carmelo is coming back to life. You mean you, know? you mean the Blazers are hot? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Blazers <laughs> hot. Carmelo is coming back to life. I think Norman Powell, great addition. Um, Nurkic, Nurkic is going to be the key for them because Nurkic is surprisingly playing some of his best basketball lately. Um, uh, that game where they beat the Lakers. Nurkic actually outplay AD um, uh, in later in the regular season. But I think the key for this series is going to be whether or not Nurkic can contain Jokic, at least try to slow him down. Jokic is the MVP of the league, obviously, but I think... Um, Debatable. <laughs> Dame, Dame and the Blazers are going to go as far as how good Nurkic play. With that being said, it's a very tough decision. It's actually one of the two series. Um, the other series being 
Hawks and Knicks that I I I have I don't know which side to pick. But if I were if I have to judge based on game one alone, what I saw in game one, I think the loss of Jamal Murray um is very fatal for the Nuggets because they lost a lot of offense um in what Jamal Murray can provide. MPJ is obviously starting the rising, but you know, he's not gonna be able to give that output that Jamal Murray provides. So that being said, based on what I've seen so far, based on the hot streak that Portland is on to finish the regular season, based on kind of like the struggle that the Nuggets are on ever since, you know, AD beat the crap out of them <laughs> in the regular season, I would say Blazers in seven. Okay. Okay. Yep. We kind of have, like, the same uh, same look at on this. But, um, yeah, it's, it's honestly kind of a shame, you know, Jamal mm-hmm. Murray not being able to play in this playoff series, considering yeah. how well he played last year. In the right? bubble, yeah. He went off in the bubble. Like I, you know, we we talked about this before, right? Him and Donovan Mitchell in oh, that yeah. first series, right? In the bubble, and then show for the agent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, man, I I really wanted to see more of that Jamal Murray. You know what I mean, both of them are injured right now, kind of sad. Yeah, it, which is pretty sad, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I wanted I wanted Jamal Murray to be an All Star this year too. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just coming off of that, obviously, like. The bubble, kind of different from you know, the mm-hmm. the way you know like most players are used to playing, but man, I was I was really excited. But anyways, yeah, let's let's move on. Okay, so uh, first game of today, day two of NBA playoffs, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Washington Wizards one twenty five to one eighteen. Uh, I'll, I'll give a take first for this. Um, surprisingly, the Sixers did not blow the Wizards off the floor. They actually gave a pretty good fight. It was actually a close game all the way to the very end. And not only that, they had a close game when Russ didn't exactly go off. Obviously, Russ did what he did, triple-double again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he, he had a pretty low scoring night on Russ standards. Um, but it just goes to show to tell you what the Sixers are made out of. They're just built different. They're the one team in the league, actually one of the two teams in the league that depends entirely their entire offense runs through their center. The other team being the Denver Nuggets. Right? They're the, like the two teams left in the NBA that doesn't that still plays 90s basketball, basically. That's them, right? Run the offense through Figment. Uh, obviously, I was kind of hoping the Wizards would take this game one to make the series more competitive, you know, given how close they got up to towards the end. But I'm going to take out the broom for this one. Oh, Six thousand and four. The sad part about that is that I might have to agree with you, too. <laughs> Just because, like, I feel like Washington is probably going to play as well as they ever can. 
like this game. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think they're they're gonna be enough for like even just the Sixers defensively, right? And I don't think like other than Russ and Brad Brad Beal, I really don't think anyone else on the roster can like make that big of an impact that they can even you know come close to the score today, right? Mm-hmm. It just so happened that you know Philadelphia made a couple of mistakes, but um, still though Philadelphia. Let me just let me talk about the stats real quick. Okay, Joel Embiid, thirty minutes, thirty points, six rebounds, three assists. This is what happens when you don't guard him with a center, which the Nets don't have. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris, thirty-seven minutes, thirty-seven points. On fifteen of twenty nine shots, I didn't even know he was like that. Like I okay, like that. I knew he was a pretty solid player, or like I would even say, just you know, he plays his role. You know, just like kind of a streaky shooter, in my opinion. But oh man, <laughs> Tobias Harris really showed out today. Two steals along with that, um, like and then the supporting cat. Okay. Obviously, Ben Simmons didn't play, like, didn't make a big of an impact scoring wise, but still ended the game with 15 rebounds and 15 assists. All right. Big four bang. more points, four more points, and he could have had a triple double. All right. Mm-hmm. One block, one steal. In my opinion, you know, pretty high up there for defensive player of the year. But we'll talk about that another time. Uh, Seth Curry, you know, like Danny Green. Uh, Seth Curry, Danny Green. Um, Red. They're shooters. <laughs> they're uh, they're Philly shooters, right? They have a pretty good uh, what do you call it? artillery unit? <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, Philly. I I can't see them losing to the wizards at all but let me let me just ask you one thing did russ step out of bounds <sighs> you know <sighs> russ is my guy i'm gonna not answer that question russ is my guy russ is my guy <laughs> okay okay pass <laughs> <laughs> well i won't pass um I really didn't think that he stepped out of bounds, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like, um, but I still feel like it's kind of his fault for making mm-hmm. it, you know, that close. And obviously, it was inconclusive, as you can see from like the replay. It was inconclusive to even like make any to reverse it at all. Mm-hmm. But oh, man, I feel like if that didn't happen, Washington had all the momentum with them. Yeah, right. that was like, the one they, game I felt they could steal. Exactly, exactly. And now, honestly, if they won today, it might it might have even made changed the yeah made an impact as like it, not as big of an impact, right? Mm-hmm. But like a small impact, they would probably take what another game. I would even say, right? 
or at least okay, at least they won't make it easy on yeah. the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But obviously now, like brooms, right? Yeah. Still he's I, gonna I, sweep I, them. Yeah. And then uh but that possession though, if if Russ had that possession, I think he could have done something with that. You know, here's the thing. If Philly sweeps the Wizards, they're gonna get rest because the Hawks and Knicks gonna battle it out. We're gonna talk about them next, right? That means then Hawks or Knicks will get tired. That means Philly's probably gonna sweep either Hawks or Knicks. Mm-hmm. That means they're gonna get to the conference finals and fully rested, fully healthy. And I think they'll be waiting for the Milwaukee Bucks, but that's another story. All right, all right. Um, the next game, let's talk about this. Atlanta Hawks beat the New York Knicks today, 107 to 105. Let me get started with the tick. A lot of people are choosing the New York Knicks to win this series. And probably because, you know, the Knicks haven't been relevant for the past decade. And now, you know, you know some people hop on the bandwagon. Maybe some, you know, there are actually diehard New York Knicks fans out there wanting to see New York explored. Um, But to many people's surprise, even to my surprise, um, Trey Young showed out. Now, I know, I know Trey Young. Um, I, I watch his game. I really like his game. He's the closest thing to Steph Curry in the league right now. Okay. And this is also his only his third year. He's like Luca. And he's averaging like a flat 29 and 9. Um, bought out today. I did not expect him to ball out because the Knicks play such physical defense. And Trey Young is so small and skinny. I thought he would get hit. And, you know, it might get him psychologically, but apparently not. You know, had a game winner, right? Um, that being said, though, I think I still have the Knicks. I got Knicks and six. Um, This game, I would say, was by far the most entertaining one, in my opinion. Of to, of today, of today, right? Because it to me, up until like probably the last minute or so of the game, I thought the Knicks were gonna run away with it, right? Let me tell you, it's it's been a while since I've seen you know Madison Square Garden, oh, just boy. yeah, everybody up on their feet. You see Spike Lee. Happy. <laughs> That's insane. But we're gonna um, hear we're gonna hear Stephen A. Smith screaming on first take tomorrow. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um obviously I don't count I don't really count this as a loss for the Knicks, just because of the fact that like the Knicks they still played a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Right. Defensively, still pretty solid. Still the same Tom Thibodeau defense, right? It's just I feel like the Hawks got a little lucky. Just a little bit. Some of the looks they got at the end of the game, in my opinion, was just a little bit of a defensive breakdown on the Knicks part, which usually doesn't happen. Right? Mm-hmm. That team, but, yeah. Yeah, and, and then with that being said though, I'm gonna have to go with uh I'll go I'll go I also go Knicks and six. Knicks and six. 
Yeah, because I, I just feel like Knicks are the better team. Right? <laughs> and let me just say, like, okay, Trey Young, he went off, okay? 32 points basically put the team on his back. Ice Trey. Ice Trey, man. And, and honestly, the closest player I can see to Steph Curry. I agree with you on that. But the one thing I don't like about Trey Young is that I hate that half of his points come from that stupid pump fake lean into the defender. Oh, yeah. I like, in my opinion, okay, obviously, if it works, by all means, I would cheese that as well, right? Mm-hmm. As a fan, though, I just don't like watching that. <laughs> Because hey, it, it it takes away all the excitement of that, and I just hate the fact that like you know, the Knicks lead basically dwindled on the fact that Trey Young was at the line. Hey, hey, man! Every single three point shooter in the league is doing that. First That's started true. with Vince Harding. Now Steph Curry's doing it. Dame is doing it. Hey, I, I, hey, I was the first one to call this out. I, I didn't, you know, right? I, I've been calling it. I'm like, this is killing the game. Right, these yeah. soft three-point shooting fouls. But hey, Trey, he's he's young. He's watching all these vets doing it. Of course, he's gonna do it. <laughs> right. So, I'm just gonna be- say I I don't I don't like the fact that he's cheesing it this much. All right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm 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 gonna like I, I I'm not trying to take away from that. Trying to take away from like what he's doing, but that's just my only little like pet peeve. On the other hand, though. Dude, Alec Burks today? Why why all of a sudden? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it seemed like every every time he was shooting, he was gonna make it. Yep. And especially in the last quarter when he was hitting all those like corner threes. Mm-hmm. Man, dude. I feel like Alec Burks is gonna make a pretty solid uh impact on the on the on like the Knicks odds of winning any game. Okay. Right. Other than that though, let me just say Alfred Payton started the game, played eight minutes, came out with one assist for the entire night. While D Rose coming off the bench, you got 17, 5 and 5 on 50% shooting. I'm just gonna say that. Yep. <laughs> I don't really understand the um how that works. Maybe maybe you know it's just how they like how they get the rhythm going, how they get D Rose yeah. to get going with that second unit, but I just don't like it. No debate there. No debate. No debate there. Yeah. All right, we got two more games to go. Uh, uh I'm gonna save the best one for the last, but uh, to many people's surprise tonight, Memphis Grizzlies beat the Utah Jazz one twelve to one oh nine. Now, we started the show talking about how the Grizzlies beat the Warriors, right? But, man, I did not see this one coming. The Memphis Grizzlies, whom everyone laughed about, right? Remember at the beginning of the season, you and I were talking about some friends, and we, we were talking about, oh, potentially the Grizzlies and the Warriors might meet up. And then I'm like, the Grizzlies will be dangerous because they got the five J's and the B. And y'all were laughing about me like, oh, who's job, man? Who's these guys? Now you now they paid it to the Warriors, and now they're giving the work to Jazz. Obviously, Jazz did not have Donovan Mitchell, who's their main scorer, right? So 
and they only lost a very close game, right? But man, oh man, these Grizzlies, they're not playing. They're not playing. They're on the road. They just won three straight, basically, playoff games, right? I consider playing games playoff games, right? They basically just won three straight playoff games. They have rhythm. They have heat. <clears throat> now, if Donovan Mitchell was here, maybe it would have been different um, outcome. Um, but we don't know when Donovan is going to come back. Let's say if Donovan comes back the next game, then I got Jazz and six. Okay. But if Donovan does not come back the next game, it's going to be hard to tell. But I will say Jazz and six for now, assuming that Donovan Mitchell is coming back the next game. Again, I'm going to have to agree with you because I feel like the only reason Jazz lost today or like the fact that Memphis even made it this close was because Donovan Mitchell didn't play. I feel like if Donovan Mitchell played, the Jazz would have won this game. Like I can say that confidently, right? That doesn't take away from Memphis, though, right? Because Memphis, dude, if you thought they played well during that playing game on Friday, let me tell you, all right, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> actually, I'll, I'll save him for last year. Right? John Morant, 26 points. You already know what he does, all right? JV, 15, 12, and 3. Again, another double-double. Um, putting in that work in the paint. But Dylan Brooks, let me tell you, 31 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists on 50% field goal. How many times have you said that name in the past week? Dude, I, I that, that name haunts my very soul. I, all right, let me tell you. In the like in the very few games that I've seen Memphis play, probably like what four or five this year. When if they don't play with, if Dylan Brooks doesn't play, they're they're automatically losing the game. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that, because defensively wise, the the Grizzlies heavily heavily rely on Dylan Brooks taking away those perimeter shooters taking away their like the the scoring from the smaller guards right John and then John Morant always he, he's basically always going to do his thing and you add that with the work that Dylan Brooks puts in the impact that Dylan Brooks puts in you have one scary team right on both sides of the floor right with that being said, though, if Donovan Mitchell comes back, I'll say Jazz and six. If Donovan Mitchell doesn't come back until, like, let's say game game three. Actually, all right, all right. if Donovan Mitchell doesn't come back until game four, right, Memphis is winning the series in six. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe a question for you. If Donovan Mitchell does, sorry, Donovan Mitchell does come back next game, how big of an impact do you think Dylan Brooks' defense on him 
will play. I can't really say the um I can't really say that the same impact that they had on the Warriors because the Utah Jazz has some pretty scary shooters. Oh yeah. Like again, Boyan Bogdanovich, a bogey. 29 <clears throat> points today. And that's without Donovan Mitchell. So imagine you take Donovan Mitchell, right? You still got Mike Conley, Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, right? Even Jordan Jordan Clarkson off the bench, okay? Mm -hmm. They have so many scores that it's unlike the Warriors, okay? Warriors, the only threat you can really say is Steph, and that's one guy. Yeah. Utah completely different story and that that to me is why they're even the they're in the position they are right now like the first seed okay so even though like i gave dylan brooks all that praise utah he's not gonna make that big of an impact if donovan mitchell comes back that's a fair point yeah okay let's move on the last game um that we're gonna talk about to my dismay, but not like ultimate dismay, um, that you that you show today. But to my dismay, the Phoenix Suns beat the Los Angeles Lakers ninety nine to ninety. What's your reaction? Well, first of all, I hope Chris Paul's gonna, uh, you know, definitely like come back better than he did today because obviously you saw that injury, the friendly fire. May I add, right? But um, based on the rest of the game today, he didn't really seem like the usual Chris Paul that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of turnovers, or like he lost the ball a lot of a lot more than we're used to seeing, yeah. because of the fact that like you know, or it wasn't really turnovers. It's just him like not having yeah. that tight of a handle. Yeah, right? losing dribble. Yeah, yeah, and you could you could really you could really tell that it was because of that injury. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though, um, Devin Booker, he gave us exactly what we wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly what we expected of him: thirty-four points, seven rebounds, again on fifty percent of shooting, one steal. Except the main thing: six turnovers. Mm. which I think hurt them a little bit. Only mm-hmm. a little bit, okay? Um, Chris Paul, again, didn't didn't play as well as we're used to seeing him because of that injury. Only seven points, four rebounds, three of eight, and only 36 minutes on the floor. And I feel like that's the only really notable thing uh, for Phoenix. Lakers, though... Not their best game. Of course. Not their best game, dude. LeBron LeBron and AD combined for let me do quick math. 31 points. Mm-hmm. 30 right, LeBron 18, 7, and 10. Double double. Except three steals and five turnovers. Right. And then AD, I saw so many memes after this, right? <laughs> 
Disney. When the Lakers <laughs> needed him the most, he vanished. That's fine. I don't like. Okay, they obviously didn't play a solid game that we're used to seeing, like with a LeBron James and Anthony Davis led team. But I don't think they're gonna play like this for the rest of the series. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have to go with. <laughs> it's kind of hard. I'll go with I'll go with Phoenix. But it's Phoenix. gonna be every game is every game is gonna come down to the wire. Wow, Phoenix and seven. You know what? Like, that's I'm talking a hot possession take. by possession. That's a hot take. You should have said that's a hot take because that is a hot take. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm gonna go with Phoenix. Okay, okay. Uh, all right. Let me let me tell you this. The Lakers came in as prohibited favorites against the Suns. Okay. Um, but let me tell you this. I knew the Lakers were going to lose game one. Because <laughs> what is game one? If you have watched LeBron James in the past 10 years, what is game one to LeBron James? Few out game. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Um, last year in the bubble, let's just talk about last year in the bubble. First, first round series against the Portland Trailblazers, the greatest eight seed ever, right? Lost game one. Everyone talking about, oh my goodness, this team's going to get blown out by the Blazers. What happened? Four straight wins. Bye. Right, gentlemen, sweet. Next series, Houston Rockets, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, two MVPs on the team, right? Oh, and then Westbrook and Harden blew the Lakers off the floor in game one. Oh, everyone talking about, oh, no, Lakers, second round exit. What happened? Four straight wins. Gentlemen, sweep. This is exactly what's going to happen again, except it won't be gentlemen, sweep, because I have the highest respect for Chris Paul. You know this. You know how highly I regard Chris Paul. He is, in my opinion, the second highest IQ in basketball after LeBron James in the game right now. And obviously, I hope he is. He won't be compromised because, you know, as much as a Laker fan, I want the Lakers to win. I want them to win fair and square, right? I want them to have the highest competition, which is going to be Chris Paul. Chris Paul, I've been saying this the whole season. Chris Paul is the best player on the Phoenix Suns, not Devin Booker. Now, you saw what Devin Booker did tonight, and let me tell you how the Lakers are going to stop Devin Booker for the rest of the series. The Lakers played KCP, Wesley Matthews, Alex Caruso on Devin Booker. None of them work. How are they going to stop him? They're going to switch LeBron James on Devin Booker and that's going to be good night, Irene. You know how I know? Because you watch again last year in the bubble. Damian Lillard got hot. Who did they switch? LeBron guarded Lillard in the fourth quarters. James Harden, Russell Westbrook got hot. Happened. LeBron got on Westbrook. Blocked his shot so many times. Jamal Murray got hot. Rondo had a couple steals on Murray. That's fair. <clears throat> but LeBron also switched on Murray. Good night, Irene. 
I think once the Lakers make that switch, maybe not the, for the whole game, but in the fourth quarter, Damian, uh, not Damian, sorry, Devin Booker will not be able to overcome it. Out of respect for Chris Paul, I would say Lakers in six, although I'm really tempted to say gentleman sweep. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Okay. All right. These, these are all fair points. Um, to me, it really depends on whether or not we see the same Chris Paul for the rest <clears throat> of the series. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still I'm I'm still gonna stick with mine just because that's just what I want to see, and I feel like with um, I have this house. If Chris Paul plays the rest of the series at all. That's what's gonna happen. Suns and seven. If Chris Paul is healthy. Yep. Basically. All right. So, yeah. Now, here's my caveat, though, to my Lakers and six. It's if a Disney turns back into AD. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, yes. now again, game one is fuel out game for LeBron. I don't think if you look at LeBron, he did not look like LeBron at all. Right, he didn't look like playoff LeBron. He was just playing out there. Come on now, you basketball fans should know he was just playing out there. He didn't. He wasn't trying. Let's be honest. Now, was that he looked like he was trying at all? No, he didn't look like he was trying at all. Now, here's how you know LeBron's trying. In the first quarter, he's gonna feed AD. That's when you know he's gonna try. And then in the fourth quarter, he's gonna have the ball. That's when you know he's trying. He did not really look for AD tonight. He was actually really getting Schroeder engaged, right? And he was getting Montrez Harrow engaged. Trez had a big night, right? So he wasn't trying. I think once he gets AD involved, AD will turn back from A Disney to you know Anthony Davis. But um, if A Disney stays A Disney, then Lakers in seven. But I'm expecting wow. I'm expecting AD to be AD. Okay, 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 okay. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, then the last topic of this episode is very simple question, Mister Calvin Ng. Who is the most improved player of the NBA this season? All right. Before we before I get into that, like, let me just read off who our finalists are. Mm-hmm. Okay. First up. From the Detroit Pistons, we got Jeremy Grant. Right. Jeremy Grant, kind of a surprise for I think all of us. Right. I don't think all right, he played he played pretty solid uh during you know during his time with both the the Thunder and Nuggets, right? But I don't think anyone expected him to like improve this much mm-hmm. right let me just read you uh some some of his stats right from the past few seasons here uh so on the thunder average 32 minutes 13 points on 49 percent field goal right not bad not bad and then last year Slightly dipped. All right. He got he averaged 12 points on 47.8% field goal. 
3.5 rebounds, one and a half blocks. Sl- like slight dip. And then this year, averaged about what seven more minutes. And now he's he's on 22.3 points, 42.9% on field goal, with 4.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists. Basically a jump in every single category except for maybe like 2018 season with the Thunder mm-hmm. for his like for rebounds. And that's it. All right. Jeremy Grant played pretty good season, but he is not my most improved player. I'll read you off the other ones. Next up, we got uh, who should I go with first? I'll go with uh, Michael Porter Jr. That's not my pick though. But let's just go. Let's let's talk about Michael Porter Jr. Like we said last year in the bubble, played okay, played decently well. Had a few more minutes than he mm-hmm. like than we expected him to get, right? Mm-hmm. Considering like com- him coming off that injury in college, um, I would even go as far as saying like he was my bubble MVP. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. or like okay, not in the playoffs though, but just like the last few regular season season games, I feel mm-hmm. like he he pretty much balled out, right? Mm-hmm. This year, here, uh. This year, he's doing a lot better on a lot more minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Compared to um, last season. So, last season, basically his first season, uh, sixteen minutes, nine points on fifty percent field goal, forty-two percent on threes, four rebounds, point eight assists. And that's with all the like the the bubble games and all that. This year, thirty-one minutes, nineteen points on fifty-four percent field goal, forty-four point five percent threes, seven rebounds, one point one assists. So he he made like a pretty huge jump in terms yeah. of just like how he's playing, like his confidence level. I feel like every time we watch Michael Porter Jr., you can tell like his, you know, his style, his swag, all that kind of stuff, basically on his confidence. Right. So with that being said though, mm-hmm. not my most improved player. And you already know who my uh my most improved player is. <clears throat> Mr. Julius Randall of the New York Knicks. Okay. First of all, let me, let me just ask you. Did you did you see this coming? The Knicks being the fourth seed? Or just Julius Randle playing the way he's playing? Mm, not at all. Not at all. Not at all, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that two years ago... I. I, I kind of forgot he was on the Pelicans, to be honest. <laughs> I forgot I forgot he played for the Pelicans. But the okay, let's just talk about this. The story of his career began his career uh I think he was drafted in what 2014, right? Yeah, by the Lakers. Yeah, by the Lakers. <laughs> Not that hot of a start to his career, obviously, because I remember watching this game too. 
Julius Randle injured himself. Like I think on like the first game, like his rookie his uh rookie debut. Oh wow! Right. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was pretty bad. Um, didn't really like he, he only scored like two points that game. Right, came back the following year, averaged eleven points. Right, pretty solid. On the Pelicans, that's when he made his biggest jump, mm-hmm. I would think. So, um. Went from 16 points the year before, went from 16, 8, and 2 to ne- uh, to then 21, 8, and 3. And then last year, a little bit of a dip, 19, 9, and 3. And then this year, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists on 45% field goal and 41% threes. And the reason... The Knicks are where they are right now. I would say, right? People are even putting him in like the top ten MVP conversation, right? Mm-hmm. That's how well he's playing, and that's how big of an impact he has. So, Julius Randle, based off of you know impact on the team, how well the team is doing, Julius Randle is to me the clear favorite for most improvement. Okay. Well, uh, you made a lot of valid points, and I don't disagree with anything you said. But I, I also choose Julius Randle as uh, my pick for the most improved player for everything you just said. But I don't think it's he's a clear cut favorite. I think he's only here's my ranking. It'll be Randle, MPJ, and then Grant. But Randall is like a hair over MPJ for me. And you already brought up all the numbers, so I'm not going to repeat them, but I'm going to put some perspective, put it in context. Okay. This is a, this is the way I'm telling people you should study the Bible, read it in context. And this is the exact same way I'm telling people you should look at basketball and stats, put it in context. First, let's talk about Jeremy Grant. The reason why, all his numbers jumped up is because he had a lot more opportunities in Detroit versus in Denver, right? In Denver, he was like the, what, sixth option, right? Because, you know, Jamal, Jokic, there's still Paul Millsap, right? So, you know, he's not really the offensive focal point, right? But now in Denver, in Detroit, he is, right? Especially since they shipped Blake Griffin out of it, right? So that's that. Randall, he bet on himself, signed with the Knicks, just like Grant did, right? Um, and he is the focal point of the New York Knicks offense. He wasn't that in New, uh, in New Orleans, right? AD was, right? And then Ingram was, Zion was, right? So um, now Randall is in the Knicks. He is the focal point. He's their best player. He is, in, he is their only all-star, right? So for that, I have to look at that into context as well. Now, MPJ is the only player out of all of those guys whose context did not change that much, right? From last season to this season. He's still on the uh, Denver Nuggets. The best player on the Denver Nuggets are still 
is still Nikola Jokic. He runs the offense. MPJ is still only a role player, although he's a very good role player, of course, right? Turning into a star, right? So in that context, I have to give MPJ a lot of credit for his improvement, right? But that being said, though, the fact that Julius Randle lifted that team up, you know, that much, I think that's where he gained that hair advantage over MPJ in terms of winning that award. And the fact that he's playing, like, what, 40 minutes a night under Tom Thibodeau, right? So, and then the fourth seed, the New York Knicks in the fourth seed. Not to mention he's he's an all-star, too. Yeah, he's an all-star. Like, think about it. In the East, you get three teams that are heads and shoulders above everyone else, right? The Bucks, the Nets, the 76ers. They're heads and shoulders above the rest of the conference. And then what's the team that's right after them? The New York Knicks at the fourth seat. So I think just in terms of the elevation that Randall pushed for the Knicks, that's where he gained that hair advantage when you look at it in context. Okay. 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 Um, we basically agree on mm-hmm. everything except for the fact that, you know, I still think Randall's a clear-cut favorite. Mm. If MPJ even gets, like, you know, more than three votes by the media, <laughs> I would be surprised. Oh, wow. Okay. I would really be surprised. I, I mean, like, just based on, like, you know, not even just stats alone and, like, again, context, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just talking, like, accolades. Julius Randle is an all-star. True. Can't he argue really, that. Like, like, compared to last season, where no one even paid attention to the Knicks, right? Mm-hmm. No, like, even then, like, the Knicks were, like, the biggest laughing stock of the league. <laughs> For the past decade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then they thought LaMelo was their savior. Oh, yeah. Right. And they didn't realize that. I don't think anyone realized that, you know, this year, Julius Randle really... He is the reason. Like, he is the Knicks MVP. You can't say that about MPJ, even though, again, he's, like, compared to before, you know, he's a lot better, and he Mm -hmm. made that big of a jump. But I just can't see in any scenario where someone would pick MPJ over Julius Randle. That's fair. Yeah, that's just in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I'm still excited for the NBA awards though, because then I feel like there's a lot of uh, other awards that we we're gonna get into. But yep. yeah, most improved player, it's a lock for me, Julius Randle. Okay, okay, and I don't disagree with you in terms of the choice, but in terms of the thinking process, we uh we differ a little. But mm-hmm. yep, I think MIP might be the easiest out of the six, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But wow. This was a long show because we got a lot to go over, but oh, it was wow. fun. <laughs> a minute and 40. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. But uh, yep. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Y'all heard the hot takes tonight. Do, do we need to say the guarantee again before we leave? Uh, nah, I didn't. Uh, y'all heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, tune in again. Um, Maybe Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we'll see, we'll see. I'm, I'm not really sure. 
Okay. Because it's like, yeah. all right, depending on, because tomorrow is only like two games. Mm-hmm. So oh, I don't know. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if there's much to talk about. So let's just say, uh, yeah, let's just say Tuesday. Because after okay. then, that would be like five games. Still. Okay. Yeah. So tentatively Tuesday, we'll come back on the studio, you know, talking about NBA playoffs all over again. But y'all heard the predictions. It's going to be fun, you know. Uh, let's see who's right. But thanks for tuning in. <laughs> you, uh, see you in the next show. Peace.